Welcome to episode six of Everything I Did Wrong as a Church Planter, a million part series. I'm Logan Wolf, a missionary to the state of Utah, coming to you from my office in Provo. And I am joined by fellow church planter, what, mistake maker, um, Isaac in California. Isaac, I appreciate you being here with me. Why don't you introduce yourself? Give us a rundown of what's happening out your way. Yeah. So again, like I said, my name's Isaac. Uh, I planted a church back in March of 2011. Hard to believe it was that long ago. And uh, we started in Orange County, California. Uh, unbeknownst to me, the place where church plants go to die. And uh <laughs> found that out over the next few years. And um, yeah, so we've been here uh, look, t- over 12 years now and here with my family. And um, yeah, I think a lot like you, your story has the the way in which we have envisioned church, do church has changed quite a bit over the uh, past several years. And so, uh, but yeah, we're seeing disciples made, seeing some good health. Uh, so we're, we're encouraged uh, in that. So that's awesome, man. I, uh, I I was excited to have you on because I know like we've been on the field the exact same amount of time. In fact, you've been there just a couple months longer. So 12 years, that's plenty of time to look back and say, what was I thinking? Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> and, and I know, and I just from, from our friendship and, and conversations, I know ministry now is like neither of us had envisioned it 12 years ago. Um, and so there's a lot of lessons I think, I think learned. And I'm excited about our conversation today. So do you want to introduce the, what are we talking about today? Do you want to introduce the topic for us? Yeah. So today, uh, as this is, I think your first podcast with another person it is involved, uh, that's kind of what we're talking about today. We're talking about team or, uh, or more, more specifically the, the lack of team that we had, uh, (laughs) and, and by we, I mean, you and me, uh, certainly, you know, as we had, uh, when we started, and yeah, that was a huge, huge mistake, uh, massive mistake uh, on on our part. And uh, I think you would echo that as well. It, it, I mean, yeah. In fact, that'll be the title of this episode. What's what's the name? I came to the field without a team. Like yeah. that's, that, that was the mistake. That's huge. Um, so why don't, because this is funny here. Why don't you start? By what did your team look like <laughs> when you when you guys got to North County? So yeah, so if you can envision a um, beardless, slimmer version <laughs> of the guy that's on this podcast, that was my team. Uh, and, and of course, my wife, you know, and uh, and probably the most impactful player uh, on our team at that time was my three year old daughter Ava. Hmm. Uh, she's now one of four. But yeah, it was. It was just me and my wife. Um, we came down here uh, by ourselves. And, um, you know, we had some components of a team. And we weren't talking about this before. It just kind of popped in my head. But yeah, we had some components in terms of like prayer, you know, some finances. Right. But all of that was very distant, um, you know, uh, far away. And so in terms of like, feet on the ground, actively doing the work week in, week out, preparing, planning, strategizing, all of that. Uh, unfortunately, it was it was just me, you know. So, so and I do want to I do want to clarify when we're talking about teams, I am talking about people on like on the ground, on the on the field together. I think it was yeah. in the last episode um, where I talked about the role of our home church and may even have mentioned it when I talk about fundraising. I get that there are people in the background. Yep. And and it's important to have a strong team. I've talked about the tooth to tail ratio and yep. how the, the people who are supporting you and praying for you and giving to you and encouraging you and all, all this, that's, that's a, that is a team. And so yep. I'm not, I'm not downplaying that. I certainly don't want to overlook that. Yep. Um, but we are, Isaac and I today, we are talking about the people you actually started the church with there on the field. So I'm like you, Isaac, I came with, um, with my wife. And it was the dumbest and we didn't even have any kids yet. So, I mean, it was just the dumbest thing ever. Just me and her, I was 25. She was 23. I look back at that. I'm like, if a 25 year old came up to me, talk, I mean, I wouldn't even listen to 25, you know? So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like this is just so ridiculous. Um, but I feel like our decision to do that partly was impatience 
Like we were so eager and ready um, that we just didn't want to, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's your motivation. There probably was some arrogance on my part too. Like I don't need a team. Like God called me out there. I feel like, so like, just why did you yeah. show up without a team, bro? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, yeah. So um, certainly us going to plant a church. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, you, you can talk about a couple of things there, you know, a, the need is so great. I mean, your 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 environment like mine uh, w- was a great one, evangelistic one, disciple making emphasis, all of that church planning emphasis. But uh, yeah, it's like, hey, we're not asking Jesus if there's a harvest, right? Jesus told us there's a right. harvest, and it's literally like every second you're not on the field. You know, that's I mean, I, whatever. Like we could go through the sermon graphic of how many people slipped into hell in the last right. you know minute and a half, two minutes we've been talking. You know now. And so there's this very critical urgency, you know, yeah. to the mission, uh, which is still true. You know, there's this obvious urgency behind the Great Commission. Um, but, it's, you know, for me, too, it was I was in a situation where I was doing a extension ministry, uh, literally a trip to get there from where we lived was two hours. Like we had to drive two hours to get there to where we were going to do ministry, do ministry all day and then come back another two hour drive, you know? So part of it was I cannot do this uh, at a sustainable rate and do ministry from this distance. And um, I was done with college. I was serving on staff. And so it was sort of in my brain, it was like, okay, it's time to go. You know, it's, it's time to go. Needs great. We're wasting time. This, this isn't a long-term goal. I'm not long-term called here. Uh, Let's just go, you know? And so it was it was certainly a speed decision to get down there and go not not even really short sighted necessarily but what i will say is that timeline and that emphasis and that need and our kind of readiness to transition out of this and get into our own thing definitely if not if nothing less or nothing else it caused us to overlook the need of team yeah and and be very dismissive of the need of team. And so I think like a lot of things looking back over the last 12 years, that was uh that was just a gap. You know, it was just a gap in my thinking that um I did not see that uh as as important as I do now. Uh, man, I completely agree. I feel like there was some even some biblical ignorance on the whole pattern oh. of t- I mean, you don't see I mean, there's there's teams throughout the entirety of the New Testament. Acts is teams of teams. I mean, it is there is there's even when you find one individual personality, they're swooped up into a team. Like they're not just out there doing their own thing. And so um, that was again biblical ignorance on my part. Again, impatience as you just said, like urgency. Let's go do it. Which isn't I think a bad thing to be urgent. Right. Um, I think there may have been on my part that's probably a little bit of lack of faith. Like. Will God provide someone? I need to go. Like God was aware of all the pieces, and <clears throat> right. I, you know, I could have waited, and you know, God, God could have could have put that together. And I just, I think I jumped ahead of him a little bit. There was brother, and I said this in some previous episodes. There were probably some other people in my life that should have said, "You need a team." Yeah, and no, no I, one, <laughs> yeah, and no, no I, one did. And I praise God that the organizations and groups that I was connected with initially coming out here don't send people by themselves anymore. Right. Um, and I think that's a, like that, praise God. I think that is a strength um, when organizations, sending agencies, missions agencies insist on, we're either going to plug you in with an existing group or you're going to, you're going to have to find some people to go with you. We're not just going to send you by them by yourselves. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. And to your point, I totally agree with you. And, and I know you've kind of hashed through this on a few of the episodes previously regarding just the ignorance and like the structure that you're looking to uh, pursue. But I, I'm telling you, I I would argue probably everything that you're going to talk about moving forward in the next million part series is going to be born <laughs> out of this ecclesiology that's just uh, just really miswired, you know, in, in a lot of ways. And so it's you know for me it wasn't even cer- certainly we were probably moving at a speed in which I didn't think about team, but to be honest with you, I, well uh, yeah. So part of our story is we had a family from our church back on the East coast that was even considering, and they were praying about coming with us. And so that actually popped up as a possibility for us. And I remember talking with someone about the fear of what if they leave at 
X amount of months or X amount of years in the future. And so there was almost this sense of like, if they weren't going to come with me forever, <laughs> you know, was it was it worth their time to come at all? Or was it worth my time to have them there at all? Yeah. And uh, and again, you know, we'll get to biblical, you know, I think pattern, but it just was so such a a wild mentality that I couldn't even like I remember knowing, like, man, it'd be great to have some people to help with this, but at the same time, it was just, I was so focused on doing what I was doing. Anybody else coming to help, it they felt like it was just something I didn't need to deal with at the time. And, um, and I think even that carried into Christians that joined us in the early days for initial services and things like that, to where I would keep them like at a distance because... Well, for probably a lot of dumb reasons, but that might have been even one of them where yeah. we're here to reach lost people, you know, like you're you're already reached, you know. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. We're looking no, I, Yeah. So well, it's I no, I, I understand that because I not just with teams, but I remember when we were starting the conference center and I and I've shared before that after our grand opening service, we went, you know, a year with nobody, just me and my wife. And yeah. so when people eventually started coming. So not, not team, like attenders, I would latch onto them and be like, oh, we love you. Stay forever. You know? And it's like, that's yes. almost like scary to people. <laughs> and so yeah. there is, there is this like, so I, what something I have learned in this last season, this last four or five years is to hold people with an open hand mm-hmm. um, and recognize people come and go. And that's just God, you know, reshuffling the deck, right? He moves people yeah. around yeah. and, and sometimes people go and they're gone for a season and they come back for a season. Um, and sometimes people, they go on to something else. And so I think recognizing teams doesn't necessarily mean we're bound together for eternity, you know, shoulder to shoulder or whatever. Um, yeah. but we all, we are playing a part in a, in, in the bigger picture that, that has been helpful to me. Yeah. So, um, go ahead. Yeah, I think like our sending pastor told me one time, it's probably one of the, it's some of the best advice he's ever given me. And he said, people are like sand, the tighter you hold them in your hand, the the more fall out, you know? Yeah, and, uh, that's good. But I, I, you know, again, I didn't really listen well to that, you know, because I, I did <laughs> the same thing, you know, you just get in this sense of desperation. And, uh, and I think a lot of that desperation is tied to a lot of unhealthy stuff and a lot of stuff that we no longer really have to even think about, honestly, in the way we're formatted. Um, but the principle is true for yeah. sure, you know, with people. So, well, speaking of desperation, what happened with us is we got here. Provo is the least reached Metro in America. I'm in the eighth least reached County in America, the least reached state in America, discouraging, dark, slow going. It didn't at all unfold. Like I thought it was going to unfold. Like I thought I was going to get here and, and masses of people were going to start turning to Jesus. Yep. Um, and so it was very discouraging, very hard. And again, the pace was just, was just a crawl. And so I realized I did need help. And now I became desperate for help and desperation is a, a dangerous place to lead from. Yeah. And so I basically began to, like, I, I went back to the East Coast and I stood up in a couple different services, big churches full of people, and was begging, like almost through tears, mm. someone come with us. Yeah. Now oh. you're opening the door. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you, like, beggars can't be choosers, right? So you're standing yeah. up front begging, saying, someone come with us. And then someone says, I'll go. Oh, man. And that's what has happened. So we had people come. And uh-huh. I think come, like I'm, I will come help you. Um, but we we jumped into teams a number of times the last twelve years that I think there was no intentionality in like the cohesiveness or the um, the chemistry of those teams. Does that make sense? So oh, yeah, wow. So you guys actually had some people come and yes. help uh, for few months we year. had we had after the first we were here a little over a year we had a couple come um a young family ended up did not end they were here for several years did not end well um ended up blowing a bunch of stuff up yeah uh had another couple here join us blew a bunch of stuff up uh another couple move out to help us wow. blew a bunch of stuff up uh, we have a couple here now who's from out of state specifically to help us 
And I've threatened their life. I'm like, look, I've been through this three times. You know better not mess with this. Uh, it's not going to be good for you. If things, things go south. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. No, they need to know. Like, yeah. <laughs> Me and a guy in our church went for a hike this morning before uh, before our gathering, and uh, he found some other trail that he wants to go and do the next week. And he was like, "Hey, I'm not going to make it to church this morning. I'm going to be a little busy." And he's he's joking, you know. And I said. I will cane a sheep, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Well, that's so that's kind of interesting. Like, I mean, we're in a super, I mean, I, I everywhere's needy. Oh my gosh. Right. About, yeah. We are we are in Orange County, California, which is such a um interesting place, you know. Like, I mean, I could I could name probably three of the largest churches in America that are in this area. Yeah. And you would know them. And, uh, and, you know, by and large, good ministries, they're teaching, you know, good biblical things. They're, they're, they're getting the gospel out. They're, they're actually planting, you know, I wouldn't, I'd call them churches, but they're like satellite type stuff, you know, whatever. But, you know, in a five mile radius, I have 8 million people, you know, here. And literally every city, like the, the maximum of church attending, even church attending people, much less people that would identify as like a follower of Jesus is under uh, 50%. It's it's mm. under 50%. And that's in every city around me. You know, some are as high as over 80% non-religious, right? Yeah. Uh, so huge need. That was, and that was one of the reasons we came, you know, here. And having no team, we found that you're just grinding through people. So you said like the pace is a, is a crawl, right? Yeah. But it's also not a crawl because even as slow as the church is growing or whatever, however you want to phrase that, you are at light speed in everything. Mm. Because, uh, and again, you know, I don't know how far down that rabbit hole you want to go in terms of like the format and the production, you know, level that you're trying to uh, do. But we over time did build some teams, um, but our, our story has been one of teams leaving, you know, where uh, <laughs> they just, they just dissipated, you know, and there was a, and this is kind of one of those things where I think even in the early days of, of starting and not thinking of team is just the complexity of team, you know, mm -hmm. like you don't have time for team because teams are complex Couple that with the idea that I'm not really sure I need it. And it was, uh, and it was simpler, you know, just to be us, but it just comes at such a price, you know? Well, um, yeah. Did you, let me ask you this. Did you, when you started, were you doing an, an attractional type model? Yeah. So we, yeah. And let me just explain the hardheadedness and the, misguidance of, of, of what we were doing. We, we found a gym that was empty on Sundays. They charged us 500 bucks to be there. And we literally rolled out three rolls of 40 foot by 12 foot carpet, gray carpet, because gray was a cool color. Of course. Instead of burgundy red, <laughs> we set out like 60 chairs in three sections. We brought out a platform made of plywood and, and set it there with a wooden pulpit in a gym in March, which the weather was kind of cool. You know, then we, we strung out two TVs, ran HDMI cords, 40 feet back to a computer and, um, and put up an entire pipe and drape system to enclose all of that for six years. Wow. It was a 45 minute setup. And that was like, that was if you had a team of people, like if people started coming and they decided to help you. Yeah. Otherwise it was an hour. And that was before, that was after, you know, every Sunday. It was actually more than six years, but we started changing some things, you know, uh, with the size and, and different things that we would do. Well, that, that highlights what I'm, if you're going to go the attraction, which is what we did, we did a mobile church. So we were meeting in a, a rented space, a conference center. Yep. So there was set up and tear down for us too. Yep. And we were doing the, like the launch model, like the big 
grand opening attractional. If you're going to go that route, yes, you have to have a team yeah. <laughs> like that. That was the dumbest thing I think I could have done to say, we're going to go mobile. We're going to go attractional. And it's just going to be me and my wife doing it all. Yes. Like that was ridiculous. Yeah. And I think, I mean, in hindsight, I, I would not have cut like there. We did, we, we, we did our grand opening. We had no music because we didn't have any music. Like, so I would have, I would have, te- I would have, if you're going to build a team around that model, I think you'd need to have someone taking care of music, someone taking care of tech stuff, someone taking care of children's things, all of those pieces that you're wanting to, to, for to serve the community to, to I mean, you got to have people in place for those things and not just yeah. feel like you're going to run around and do it all. In addition to setting up and tearing down and then prepping everything during the week. And so I think there are some methodologies uh, well, I, again, I think teams are necessary across the board, but something like an attractional model, uh, it that's ridiculous not to have a huge team. Like that is ridiculous. And and the thing too, and something else. So we we were close enough to to the school I went to to where they were sending down uh, students, you know, and um, and 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 at a level, right? That was a team. Right. So, so we had, we had some piano players, you know, we had, uh, we had some kind of kids ministry kind of thing that we could do, but semesters end. Right. For one and they graduate for another. And, um, and again, we, because I, I was not thinking really about building team, um, it became this thing where they would just graduate and go, you know, and, yeah. uh, and it wasn't until about really our fourth year that I remember really asking a guy to stay. And he was so of the same kind of mentality. He was just doing his thing, you know, and, um, and so, it, and so he ended up not, you know, not staying. Um, and then I think there's another piece of that for us specifically, it was like the place that we live in was just so expensive. You know, I, it was just, you know, I, Utah might not certainly not maybe as expensive in living conditions as Orange County, but I, you know, bills are bills, you know? Right. And so um, you, you could talk about the call to be in a place versus the ability to be in a place and, and stuff like that. But well, and that may be something, and I don't know if we'll, we'll delve into it here, um, but there is this, you're bringing a team in, I think to catalyze something new, to start something new. And then there's the idea of you're going to raise a team up from the right. harvest. Yes. And I think both are important. And I think you see both biblically, you see yeah. these catalytic apostolic type teams, missionary type teams come in, start something. And then there's all of a sudden there's a bunch of co-laborers and they're from that place. And so I, again, I wasn't even thinking in those terms here. I was relying very heavily on that, on the outsider and that, and that kind of stuff. But uh, I wish we had done some similar things because we would have mission teams come and we would have um, again, that back end, that tooth to tail kind of concept. There's people helping, yeah. but I wish we had kind of figured that out a little better. So, and then on the other side of that too, I think with like, cause it wasn't like, if, if you would have asked me back then, do you want a team or are you trying to build a team? I would have said, yeah, absolutely. We're trying to, we're trying to coalesce people <laughs> to reach people for Jesus. The problem is, is any tool that I would have had available to me to that was just, it was just, it was so far beyond what our church would have been able to work into. Like I I'm good, right? i I've managed and done ministry at uh, at a ministry with hundreds, thousands of people. But when you're dealing with 30, 40 people coming on a Sunday, I mean, these people have jobs, they're new believers, some aren't believers, some are just getting back into the habit. A lot of the resources that are out there for team development don't really give you a strategy at that level. I mean, they're using terms like leadership pipeline and you're like leadership pipeline. Like I just, what? Do you, <laughs> no one's coming to a development seminar for a weekend. Nobody's taken three days out of their week to get developed for this church of 40 people, you know? So yeah. a lot of this stuff, it was just, they were, yeah, they're just, they're, um, there really weren't good, simple leadership development tools that were available that could have just maybe bumped us one level up in our leadership. And then two, to your point, there was never like, there just wasn't a clear train of thought on this kind of initial team that I've got kind of 
in the meantime and really having them start pouring in and and thinking just replacement, you know, like, hey, you're going to be graduating in two years. Let me help you train this person while you're here. Um, Yeah. And and then we had some lay people step up, obviously, you know, here and there, too. But it was like and I always did the thing like, hey, if you're tired, tell me and we'll let you sit like because I didn't want to be that like just driving people into the ground. But what would happen is people would take me up on that. But there was just never like, oh, I'm getting a little weary. Let me kind of see if I can hand this off to someone Uh, or that always fell back on, you know, to me. So, well, this this may be outside of this conversation, but that does touch on and I'm saying it. So I'm reminded to come back to it down the road, Um, starting things ahead of maybe what the people, the church, the, the, the works ready for. Um, yeah, you, you know, it's a whole nother, it yeah. is a whole nother. I mean, I just, that's, we can get it. We get way ahead of yourself and you start all the stuff and you know, you're ahead of yourself cause you're burned everybody out. So right. that's, yeah. I think a good sign that we shouldn't have done that. Um, so T, I I've come to realize now that church, here's what, so I said, if I was going to, if I was starting over and I was doing the attractional model, man, I'd have, I'd bring a big team, gifted people, different areas of ministry. Um, I mentioned Nelson Searcy's book. Maximize talking about fundraising. He has another book. I was a man. I was a big Nelson Searcy groupie. He has a book called launch starting a new church from scratch. Yeah. And I think if you're going the attractional model, that's a great resource. Check that out. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I realize now there's like churches, church planting teams, I think should be, this is my opinion. Um, more of your apostolic, prophetic, evangelistically gifted individuals. Think of like Ephesians 4. Yeah. Um, because they're going to push the, they're going to start new things and push the edge of the workout. Yep. And then raise up people or have people come in that are more your shepherds, teachers who bring depth and maturity to that work. Yeah. And I remember, and, and, and I think I, I'm very much gifted the more apostolic, evangelistic way than I am the teacher sure. shepherd way. But I remember the sending, so this is probably connected even to sending agencies. Because when they sent us out here, they asked me, you're going to start this church. Do you plan on being the pastor there for, you know, like indefinitely? And I, was, I said, yeah, I didn't know that was an option not to be, you know, I was <laughs> right. like, yeah, I'll be the pastor. <laughs> and that was what they wanted to hear. Yeah. But I, I realized, man, it would have been helpful, I think, to have teamed with some more missional, missionary, apostolic, evangelistic type personalities, started something, and then trust God would raise up the local leaders and a time, you know, and so I even yeah. think the teams that we had in that desperation, pulling people in, come help us. And the people are yeah. responding. Those weren't apostolic personalities or missionary type personalities. Right. Um, they were willing bodies, you know, and they had their own skills and abilities and passions, but I don't think they were what we needed at the start of a church plan. Right. And so the team itself was a team. There was a group, but it was a weak team. And so maybe speak to creating the right mix of, I don't think everyone needs to be the same. Like, you know, that quote by Mark Twain, like if two people agree on everything, one of them is unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, I think that's true. Probably in a spiritual sense. Like if, if we all have the same gift mix, we all like one, then one of us is unnecessary, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I'm, oh, not, yeah. I'm not looking for conformity, but speak to maybe what you've seen or what you're learning as far as maybe teaming to our weaknesses or teaming to our, our abilities or something of that nature. Yeah, that's a great question. I, and I really don't I felt like it was. I felt like yeah, it was a good question. I don't really think I have that figured out uh still. I mean, I'm I'm a yeah. I'm eating everything I can, so to speak, on you know development, you know, team, you know, that sort of stuff. So um, but I guess and if I if I'm not hitting what you're wanting, just let me know. But I think that when it comes to me looking at people now, I I tend to group them a little bit more in the Ephesians 4 thing, for sure, because it's um, it's such a simple matrix. You know, yes. I it's very easy to, I, well, so I, I told her just a few months ago, you know, you never have to go find leaders. They're just there, you know, because they're leading, you know, that's just what they do. You know, you don't have to convince a leader to lead. So <laughs> they're starting something, they're, they're moving in a direction. And, uh, and I don't care how long or short they've been saved. Like that's just their personality. You know, they're, they're going to be initiating things. And so 
for me, it's 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 just been helpful for me to think and think of people in our church in those terms. So I'm I'm just looking for people that I can identify that are willing to move because a huge mistake I made was trying to force a personality type into people. Yes, because I needed it. You know, like you don't seem to understand we are the like because the race is to 100 right you got to get to 100 people as fast as possible because that's how you know you're a successful church planner <laughs> is you run 100 people and uh and so it was like i was trying to drive people into being these you know kind of just drivers for kids or youth or music or discipleship or singing yeah. or announcements you know whatever uh, audio video, you know, trying to trying to help these people get into these roles and then drive that train forward. And there's for sure something to be said about, um, you know, the the leader. The leader's always out front on, on all the fronts, I guess. But but if we're talking about that attractional model, uh, yeah, okay, you've got to kind of push that all that out. But but what you certainly don't want to do is get the like you said, right? You don't want to get a shepherding individual and and then try to stretch them into some pace. Right of growth, you know, cause that's just not what well, it's, it's going to yeah. be hurtful to them. And I don't, yeah. I don't think it honors how God created them. Like exactly. I think it's dishonoring to, to the Lord. He brought this person to you and you're misusing them. Yes. You know? Yes. And so it's like the stewarding piece of, I got to recognize. And again, we're, we both mentioned it though. The Ephesians four passage. Let me just reference a tool real quick. Um, fivefoldministry.com spell out the number five, F-I-V-E, fivefoldministry.com. It is a like a, a spiritual gifts type test sort of yep. thing. that, or, And there's also explanations and tools there, but it explains this Ephesians 4 passage we're talking about. So it's a great resource. But but yeah, I think um, it would have been wise on my part to recognize some individuals coming in are not going to be the ones out knocking doors or out you know sharing the gospel in the park or the one. They're the ones who are going to backfill with health and do some stuff. Yep internal yeah. i didn't know that and yeah. so I, I heard a bunch of people and i burned a bunch of people out yes so, yeah yeah it, it's uh and and it's it it's it's painful I've, i had a good friend of mine you know <laughs> say that a mentor of his told him one time you know god will how did he put it he said um god will kill a lot of sheep to make a shepherd <laughs> wow and, uh, and i don't i don't know I, if I, how i feel <laughs> I know, I know that guy. I know that guy, and certainly I, he wasn't telling me that because he overly agreed with it. I think what he was, I think he was just making the point to me that, unfortunately, right, I damaged a lot of his sheep to to get where I am as a shepherd. You know, yeah. Um, and and unfortunately, that statement is true. You know, it, it's certainly not what we ought to seek after, but. Unfortunately, that's true in my case. I've, I'm sure I've hurt some people because I was trying to, well, because I was more interested in what I was going to talk about at the next conference or the results I was going to maybe see from that or some sense of fear of impending doom on the church plant that I didn't want to confront um, or just to be able to say, I've got this role now, you know, in my church because, you know, in the early days of the church plant, all of that stuff is very, very important for some really terrible reasons up into including support. And um, and so anyways, that, that's off uh, off track. But the, the point I guess I would make is that now I tend to really look at that as a lens, uh, a, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, shepherd, or pastor, shepherd. And um, but then also within that, I, I'm looking for a couple of things. I, I think a good acrostic is the FAT, you know, uh, you know, an acronym, right? Yeah. Faithful, available, teachable. That's great. Um, it's such a great overlap. If you're not faithful, but you're, you know, available and teachable, who cares? If you're available, if you're not available, but you're faithful and teachable, you know, again, who cares? And if you're not teachable, you're just a frustration for everybody. <laughs> um I had another guy, uh, the, and and so I use the fat acrostic, and then I use um, HHS, which is uh, they have to be uh, hungry, humble, and smart, because um, we don't want idiots running, you know, God's kingdom, <laughs> and uh, and we don't want a bunch of arrogant, you know, right. people, and and uh, but the hunger is important, you know, people want to, we want to see we I guess like we want to invest in people especially if we're talking about movement, you know, when we're talking about mission, 
Um, certainly, uh, all of those aren't necessarily qualifiers for someone to be a good shepherd and a and a and a, and a teacher. But uh, I think I think me and you planted with the DNA of mission and evangelism, and that's just something that I don't think will ever leave me. No, uh, it's just I'm just I'm just so wired with it um, to to a fault. To be honest with you, it's it's actually terrible. It it hurts me in so many ways. But um, the uh, but those are healthy indicators for guys that are in my church that can run with me. And so, and so it's, instead of I instead of trying to get people to run with me, it's helped me to clarify right. who could run with me. Um, and, and, and I think so two things come out of that. Um, one with the teaming aspect, it, it reminds us that teams are fluid because yeah. availability changes and seasonal. So someone who may be faithful, available, teachable right now, enter a season where some of those elements are missing someone who's hungry yes. and all this it's a change right and, so it's yeah I say, yeah and these are these these are things like we talk about in our church often you know so so if someone becomes unavailable this is not a critique on you and now you're not a less than this is just for us it's uh we we would work in uh like a paw principle paw preparedness awareness and willingness and and if you don't have awareness um, that's that's a major that's a major issue, um, and so if you're if you're just if you're really wanting to be involved in ministry and do mission, but your availability is not, you know what what right some some people will just try to be available, but they're not available, and it's like hey maybe you're in a season of like you said unavailability, you know right. And and that's okay. Like I get it. You lost your job, and you like we've got a guy in our church right now been with us for. 10 and a half years, his availability sucks. You know, like he is working all the time, but he's texting me when he's not able to be there. He's, he's around, you know, so it's, uh, and yeah, what am I going to do? I'm going to bad mouth that guy. Cause he's got to take care of his family, you know, like, no, that's crazy. You know? So, um, yeah. Well, the second thing that came out of that, all your, your many, many acronyms, your corporate jargon or whatever you got going on there. Uh, like, <laughs> So is um, the 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 cohesiveness that comes around vision and your mission and event like this. So like I think that is so important for everyone, especially if you're going to say we like an acknowledgement of we're teaming together, like we're running together, we're purposely laboring together as a team to have buy-in on what it is you're running towards. Yeah, like this vision. I think because I saw this, I think I had a vision and. I was terrible at communicating it. And then in my desperation, begging for people and help, I had people come because they were responding to my plea for help, but they weren't bought into my vision. They just had an emotional response, I think, to my plea for help. And so we saw that time and time again burn us. Luckily, we're in a great season now where there is so much clarity on vision and the teams are running after it. But I mean, what have you seen? You want to speak any more to that? Just the, the importance of what are we doing together? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, okay. So one thing I just wanted to put out there that I meant to say at the beginning is like a, a small vision requires no team, right? Like, if, if, <laughs> yeah. and, and by vision, you know, again, we were talking about this before we, we started talking, but by, by vision, I don't mean what I felt I was called to do. Right. Okay. So my background was, I was at a church planners conference. Some dude threw nails all over the, the, the platform. And I went and grabbed like 20 of them. And I'm like, I'm planting 20 churches in North Orange County. Uh, that was a little bit of a seedling. Yeah, it's hilarious, right? But it's awesome. It was a seedling for me of what we are on mission to do now, which is to plant churches in North Orange County. Um, so I can look back at that and, and still see God, you know, doing, you know, whatever he's done in me through, through that time. But if I'm being honest, man, like that wasn't the vision. It was just, I mean... Between some other things that we went through in the initial start with funding and support and team and lack of and you know all this sort of stuff, which is the story of every church planner. I mean, I'm not I'm not special in that, but it was just it became not not even really survival. Well, yeah, kind of. It just kind of came became survival, and and then it translated to I think the vision was never communicated very often because it was selfish. It was I'm trying to get to a hundred people. And um, because hundred was a magic number, you know, for, for whatever reason and, uh, and, or I'm trying to get a building, you know? Um, so again, a small vision requires no team. 
Um, and a small vision is rarely shared by someone that holds it, uh, you know, I think too. So for me, I was going to plant churches and wanted to plant churches, but my real vision was just to maybe not be a failure, you know, and just maybe get to a hundred and maybe just last. At some point it became a very, um, what, what the, I, I forget the book, but it became very much not abundance mindset, very much uh, scarcity. scarcity mindset of what can, like, what can we keep from going wrong? Not how can we make an impact, you know? And so that was a, that was a, a huge issue, you know, for us. So that, that small vision requires a team. So I guess back to my point where, where I was making is th- this vision that we're called to is, is not like Isaac's vision of planting churches in North Orange County. It's God's vision uh, to multiply his image all over the earth. And that includes, for me, that includes North Orange County. And and God willing, maybe that involves California with me next and maybe southern other parts of Southern California. That'd be amazing. But this is the vision I'm running towards now, right? Because whatever. And I have to have people. Like, I, it, there's, there is no way, like, we, we estimate there are something like 2.5 million people in Orange County that are without Jesus. Wow. And, and that doesn't even, that doesn't even compensate for sleepy Christians, right, that aren't connecting with Jesus and aren't sharing their faith and aren't making disciples and aren't, you know, whatever. Right. So we like, how are we going to do that? You know, it, it, it requires me to be very clear about what we're doing. And the great thing is it's a clarity about, it's not even my vision, you know, it's just, it's his vision. And like you said, we're, we're just trying to lock together. We're trying to run together to do this um, through health, like through our own individual health is, is what we're trying to do. And so I, I think I'm kind of missing the point of your question. I just, that now, it, it, like now every, every week we have just, we have vision in front of us, you know, yeah. where we are reminded that we are on this vision to multiply his image. So I don't even really get that specific on church planting. I mean, we talk about it obviously, but we're, we're much more fixated on multiplying Jesus through health, I think is if you were to ask our church, like, Hey, what are we walking towards together? They would, they would say health, uh, first of all, um, which was not what we were running towards (laughs) (laughs) originally, you know, uh, it's come up a couple of times here. Maybe we'll, we'll wind down with this. Um, we've both said it that the teams are the biblical pattern. And I mean, it, it is the biblical pattern. In fact, so Isaac sent me some notes over, (laughs) <laughs> just prior to our conversation, but I, I want to read. So he had some, some Bible. We're not going to read. There is a ton of passages to illustrate this point. I, the one I want to start with is Acts 13, 13, mm-hmm. where just Paul and his companions. Yep. And then, I mean, that I think captures the tone of the book of Acts. And then there are a slew of, of uh, references here through Acts and beyond of people Dude. there together. They're serving yep. together. They're traveling together. They're, they're, they're in the harvest together, sharing the gospel, preaching together. They're in churches together. I mean, I think a good, if someone was looking for an action item to come out of this, um, well, I would, I would say two things. One, I would say, do not go to the field without a team. Like that would be a, like, whatever, if you're playing, I'm just gonna go by myself. I'm gonna say, please stop. Like, please do not do that. Save yeah. yourself the frustration and the hurt and the heartache and the pain and the, the, the burden and do not go by yourself. You are not you do not possess all skills and all abilities and all giftings. Like you yep. need some help. So that would be my first like urge to, or, you know, I'm urging someone to do. Second thing would be just to go through the new Testament. Uh, you could start even in the gospels um, and just see how often people are, are, are serving together in teams. And you got, I mean, in the gospels, you obviously got the 72 and the 12 and the three with yeah. Jesus. And then you get into acts so many apostolic missionary teams in the book of Acts. And then in the, the epistles, almost all of them ending with ref- giving, you know, uh, greetings to all these different people that they know in these different places that they they love and care and are serving with. And so I think it would be a healthy reminder to walk through and say, okay, my, like I'm so as a believer, I'm supposed to be in community. Like that's what God creates me to be in, in a body. But then even as a laborer in his harvest, I'm supposed to be in a, in a corporate community. I'm supposed to be a part of a team. Like this isn't, it's never just me. 
um, by myself. So I wonder, Isaac, yeah. if you want to, if you want to speak to the biblical pattern, or maybe just move it towards some application, something you would just challenge someone with. I know we've referenced a couple resources, even if you got something else we didn't touch on, you want to just throw out, check this out. Let's do that here. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I think your point is just so key. I mean, just look at the biblical pattern. You know, uh, if you, I mean, because you can't get away from it. You know, I mean. Acts 11, Acts 13, Acts 14, Acts 15, other parts of Acts 15. It just keeps Acts 19. I mean, it's just <laughs> stupid, you know. So uh, it's uh, if you just read the book of Acts, and yeah, certainly parts of the Gospels where Jesus sent out his disciples two by two, you know, there was never sends them by themselves. Yeah. I mean, every single time. I just, there is no like the Lone Ranger, you know, illustration is played out, but I, I'm telling you, man, like there is just no such thing. I mean, Look, I I had the privilege of serving in a in a pretty you know high end unit when I was in the Marine Corps, and I will never forget. I was working at Applebee's in Memphis, Tennessee. This is before I joined, and this guy was telling me that he did these like super sneaky squirrel missions, and he was in the Marine Corps, and he was going on and on and on about how they would train them to do everything by themselves, and they'd have to go out and really prove themselves. And then when I got into that. It was the complete opposite. Everything <laughs> is team. I mean, you would get yelled at and punished if you didn't have your battle buddy. And it's like, you know, to use your kind of, you know, what was it called? The tip to tail? The right? tooth to tail tip ratio. To tail. Yeah. Uh, that military, you know, kind of language again, you know, again, like if the military is doing this and certainly there's not really much departure from that language that you need to move to scripture. I mean, we're soldiers, right? So I'm a, I'm a Marine still, but whatever, you know, like, it's just, there's just no room for this nonsense of like, I'm just going to go out here and, and do something on my own because granted you'll do something, but I promise you, it's not going to be like God's vision. You know, it's just not going to be what he's interested in perhaps at the level. I, you know, I want to be careful here about getting into like size stuff, but there's, there's a level that he has, you know, that he wants you to be a part of. And I think with team, that's huge. And and look, I'm talking from having been here 12 years with no team, like we came here with no team. We, we've gone through a couple of teams and I am in the process now of rebuilding team, you know, like this is my fourth go at rebuilding team here. And so eventually one day I'm going to be really good at building teams. <laughs> Uh, it just hasn't, it just hasn't clicked yet, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, again, that's why this is a million part series oh my because goodness. there's, <laughs> cause you're uh -huh. going to keep making mistakes in it. Yeah. What what I would say is listen, listen closely. So a, a couple of things, right. I would say if you're getting ready to go plan a church, okay. Uh, yes. You like, you need to put everything else on hold and just think team. Mm. Like I wouldn't even, I would not even. There's just no reason to even consider a start place, um, and and I mean like specific location. And again, I, I know I know we're I know we're talking a little out of the attractional promotional context here, but even if you're going to a place and you're going to do more of like a simple Bible study in your home approach or like a pre-launch kind of thing, this this advice would still be pertinent and important for you. I wouldn't even look for the house. I wouldn't look for the location. I, I really wouldn't look for anything else until I had really spent a lot of time praying, listening, and seeking out a team member. Yeah. Um, and here's what I know about prayer is when we're praying for people, they tend to pop up. They just do. I mean, we could talk about the, the household map of prayer for evangelistic purposes, Certainly you could, you could translate that over into a church planning team, you know, idea. And yeah. when you pray for laborers, laborers begin to come and, um, and they're probably closer than you think. Um, for example, the, the family that we had, they didn't end up coming out here, but the family that we had, uh, one guy was a guy I grew up with my entire life in my home church back in Georgia. And his wife was a friend of ours through high school. And, I, I would say pray and look immediately around you. And I would say be very vocal about your need of team. And, and not from a neediness, you know, standpoint, but just cast the vision. I mean, you're obviously excited about going to plant the church. You're obviously excited about God's call, about his work. 
you're you're excited about the hope of Jesus. You're you're excited to share that, and and that right. That's what we lead with. That's vision. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not even really about the possibility of what may happen out there. It's just health, making disciples. We're going. We're being obedient. Why don't you come be obedient with us? Why don't you help us make disciples? Let's go declare His name. And, 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 and yeah, then lead maybe with like, Hey, here's the breakdown. Here's the religious breakdown. Here's the need that's out there. And certainly all of that stuff is relevant. Um, but then too, I would say, as you talk and when people pop their hand up or they're interested, I mean, I would invest like crazy. I would invest like crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm an insurance sales as part as a bivocational guy, man. And I would say, you know, I don't know. I would get around a convert. I would get them around a table and I would just try to figure out what, what you could provide and and what they would need and what that would look like. I would just begin asking so many questions about what has got them interested. What are they excited about? What do they like about that area? I mean, do the research uh, over across the table and just find out how to, how to pour that vision back appropriately into them uh, to see them not, not sell them, um, but if they're interested and they're throwing their hand up, that you need to really understand like what's driving that, and then and then ask. I mean, just ask. Oh man, I just that would be that would be my best advice on That's on good. team. I think is just pray for it. Obviously, you've, you've got to pray for it. Um, look around because I promise you, the people that care about you. I mean, it's like what you said with the sport. The people that care about you, the people that know you, the people that have been around you, the people that know where you're going and what you're doing, they are the best case scenario for you finding people that are going to actually go with you in a, in, in more importantly, a helpful, helpful way that aren't going to blow it up whenever they leave. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's good, brother. All right. So uh, I hope this was helpful for you. Uh, if it was, if it has been, please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating, comment, a review. Um, I would also ask that you share it. I mean, just pass it along. If you, you're part of a church planting team, you know someone who's <laughs> church planting, thinking about church planting, um, whether they're already on the field preparing to go, um, please pass this along, post it on your social media. We would appreciate, appreciate that. Isaac, is there a way if people wanted to just connect with you or see what you're doing what you've got a website or an email address or something you want to drop here before I, I wrap this up. Yeah. I mean, our website's uh, inlandhillsoc.com. Um, it's, it's a live active site. We use it uh, for some stuff. Uh, I am, I am on Facebook. If you would care to look me up, I, I am on that thing like once every three months. I'm really, I've, I've really. So, so no, that's not a good way to connect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you could email me at uh, Isaac, I-S-A-A-C at inlandhillsoc.com. Um you know, other than that, I, I'm really never on Twitter because I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Very uh, good. Or come to Orange County and I'll I'll buy some coffee. You there know? you go, man. I love drinking coffee. So, well, bro, I appreciate you being on this here with me today. Uh, my awesome. name, Al, oh, dude, it's been great. So, my name is Logan Wolf, and this is everything I did wrong as a church planter, a million part series. <laughs>